For those of you that have your Bibles, I would invite you to turn to Genesis chapter 3. And I'm looking at that portion of Scripture uh, in Genesis chapter 3 that was read for the Scripture reading, but not all of it. I'm looking at verses 17 to 19. 17 to 19. Um, I've entitled my message this morning, um, The Curse... The curse reversed. The curse reversed. Do you have that? Do you have that? Do you have your Bibles? And if you don't have your Bibles, you can look at the screen. Genesis chapter 3. How many of you are uh, happy to be alive today? Huh? Come on, say amen. Uh, Come on, let's get awake now. (laughs) It's a good day. It is a good day. My my children were complaining one morning when they got up. And I said... uh, are you going to eat cereal this morning? They say, yes, Daddy. I said, you're blessed. You have a refrigerator. Even if the refrigerator is empty, you're blessed. Amen? And so we are here to hear from God's word today. So Genesis chapter 3, the curse reverse. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we have a few moments. And the church is more than a social club. It's more than a place where we come together to fellowship and eat. It's a place first and foremost where we've come to learn more about you through your word. And so we pray today that you will join us as we study, as we read, as we reflect. Give us food, Lord, so that in our spiritual walk we will grow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Genesis chapter 3, I'm looking at um, the words of God to Adam. To Adam he said... Because you have listened to your wife and ate from the tree which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. So this morning, if if you are worn out because you said, I worked all week and I'm so tired, that is a part of the curse. That's a part of the curse. You're going to be tired at the end of a work week. That's why everybody needs a Sabbath. Amen, church? That's why everybody needs a Sabbath, because the ground has been cursed. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field, and by the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you will return. I can remember as a little boy being fascinated in cemeteries. In fact, a cemetery uh, existed, was placed between my aunt's house and my house, and I had a little cousin, and we were about the same age. And we would always walk back and forth, and I dreaded the opportunity, especially in the summer, you would play until the sun stayed up. You know what I'm talking about, children? You would play all day, but you'd always have to go home. And it was amazing that my cousin always wanted me to come to his house, because I would always have to walk through the cemetery to get back home. And you know, you want to play as long as the sun is up, but as soon as the sun goes down, you're walking through the cemetery. And and I remembered the Bible stories. I grew up in church and the Bible says that the dead know nothing. It is one thing to read the truth, another thing to believe the truth. 
And so many a night I would be walking as the sun had gone down and the trees were swaying and, and, and the breeze was blowing and you'd walk through that cemetery and you'd hear things that you've never heard before. So I decided with my little cousin that we would find out. During the daylight we went into the cemetery and a few of those graves, they were somewhat cracked. And we needed to know what was going on. So, you know, as every little curious, um, inquisitive little um, 10-year-old, we started to pry open the stones because we wanted to see what was going on. And uh, to our shock and amazement, as we opened it up and we saw um, a tema, a fema, um, a brain, and, 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 and then we decided we need to get out of here. Uh, the dead know nothing, but from dust we were taken and thus we will return. But you know, there is a curse that is pronounced in Genesis chapter 3. And that curse is, is pronounced after a promise. In Genesis 3.15, we have this promise following the fall of mankind, and God is speaking to Adam and Eve, and I will put enmity. Another word for enmity, an old British term, I will put hatred. I will put hatred between you, Adam and Eve, uh, uh, speaking to the serpent. I will put hatred between you, the serpent, and the woman. And between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Now, if you were to be in an accident this morning and, and you had two options of having your, your heel bruised or your head crushed, which one would you take, church? The heel bruised or the head crushed? One is a final, and the other one you get to live another day. And to Satan, there in the Garden of Eden, God is saying, you will bruise my son. Was Jesus bruised on Calvary Church? He was bruised. In fact, his bruises will be for eternity. The nails in his hands, the, the pierced side, uh, the scars on his forehead, they will be for eternity. Isn't it amazing? The word of God declares that we shall be changed. We'll come up brand new spanky. If we've got eye problems, no glasses. If we've got a limp, we'll be straight as an arrow. But Jesus will wear the marks forever. What a transaction, huh? He was stricken that we might have life. But we know he was stricken, but Satan will be crushed. It is the first promise in Scripture that Satan will eventually be crushed. But following that promise is a curse. Curse in Genesis chapter 3 that you will return to the dust. You will work hard, you will sweat. It goes on to speak to the, the, the female that childbearing would be painful. And we thank the Lord that God gave that opportunity, that instruction to women, because if it was to men, there'd be no children on planet Earth. Can I get a witness? There'd be no children. So all of you, when you're giving your mom uh, problems at home, thank her. Because if your dad had to carry you, you would not exist. But I'm getting back into the word of God. So this curse in Genesis chapter 3. But I'm looking at Genesis chapter 5 now as we turn over. Genesis chapter 5. And I'm looking at the first three verses. Genesis chapter 5. First three verses. This is the written account of Adam's family line. When God created human beings, 
He made them in the likeness of God. We were created. The original family were created in whose image, church? In the image of God. But let's move on in verse 2. He created male and female and blessed them. And when they were created, he called them what? Human beings. And while Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness. Now I want you to listen to this carefully. The original couple, Adam and Eve, were created in the image of who? God. But when Adam and Eve had a, a child, was created in whose image? God's image or the Father's image? The Father's image. The original couple were created perfect. But when Adam and Eve had a child or children, those children were created in the image of their parents. And so that's why we've got a problem because through every generation passed down in the DNA, beyond the eye color, the hair color, we've got a gift that's been passed down from the original parents and it's called sin. It's in our DNA. Is there anyone here this morning who's brave enough to say, Pastor, that doesn't apply to me because I'm perfect? Is there anybody here today in church? Is everybody? I've met a few of them. I have met a few of people, and as soon as I meet them, I run as fast as I can. I've met a few people. In fact, I was in one house. I think I may have told you this, but I was in a house visiting a, an older couple. And, and, and the brother got up, and, and the wife was silent, and he said, we've been married for 35 years. I said, praise the Lord. And he said, as he lowered his voice, and we've never fought. And I said, wow. I said, let me go over and feel the pulse of your wife. i got to see if she's still alive. We haven't fought in 35 years, never had a disagreement. We have been created in sin, shapen in iniquity. Mama and Daddy, Adam and Eve, created in the image of God, but most of us here have been created in the image of our parents, and that's why we've been cursed. But I want to tell you something this morning about the curse. The curse can be reversed. You know, some of us here, all of us here, we struggle with things in our lives that separate us from God. And a lot of these things that we struggle with, if we were to do a family background check, some of the things that we struggle with, guess what? Mom and Daddy struggled with. Grandpa struggled with. And we pass it on down the family tree. But I want to tell you this morning that, that that curse, whatever it is, can be reversed. Do you believe that this morning? I'm on, you're too quiet with me, church. Do you believe the family curse can be reversed? Because there's good news in Jesus Christ. Whatever you're struggling with this morning, whatever you're saying, the devil made me do it, that does not have to be true. There is power in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says that when Adam and Eve had had children, they were created in their likeness. Not God's likeness. Their parents' likeness. In his own image. And Adam named him Seth after Seth was born. And Adam lived for 800 years and he had other sons and daughters and all together Adam lived a total of how many years? 930 years. Adam was there. Adam was there when the first 
death took place after sin in the Garden of Eden. How do you think Adam and Eve got clothes? The Bible says that God gave them what? Tunics. How do you get a tunic? Something's got to die. There's skin. There's, there's not fur. There's skin. Adam and Eve, can you imagine, placed in a perfect world, for the first time in their lives, their, their minds, uh, it's been shattered. They've never seen anything like this. Death. An animal was killed so that they may have covering. A rose that was so beautiful now has thorns. Animals that were created to last will now die. Fruit will now drop from the trees and flowers will fade and petals will be discarded. Death will take over the creation. And can you imagine, as Adam lives for 930 years, as he realizes, as a result of his sin, he's messed up, and the entire creation is suffering because he messed up. For every child that will be born. You know, Adam will bury his, his son. Adam will witness the murder of his son by another son. Adam will see sin as it runs rampant. And in fact, Ellen White writes that, that as Adam speaks to uh, future generations, those in Cain's line that decide to go contrary from God, uh, separate from the Seth line, that they will ridicule Adam for plunging the world into sin. We're in this mess, Grandpa. Because of you. You messed up. Look what we have to deal with. Can you imagine showing up at the family potluck? And having to list as you are scorned and ridiculed for messing up, for plunging a planet into rebellion against God. Adam will bury children. He will bury grandchildren. You know, I, I, I met an individual um, this week in the grocery store. And that individual is still not completely back. You see, that individual had to bury a child. No parent likes to bury a child. And it's been a few years since the passing of the daughter, but the individual is but a shell of who he used to be. We weren't created for this, friends. We were created by the Creator to live forever. This thing has messed us up. We've been cursed. Relationships break. We struggle with health issues. But a better day is coming. Somebody needs to say amen on that one. A better day is coming because the curse that we, we suffer from will be reversed. And Adam will have his family line and listed here in Genesis 5. Now, I've been in ministry for 25 years. This week, I came across something in God's Word that I've never seen before. I shared it with some of the guys in the office and they said, Pastor, we need to preach this. I Don't you dare preach that until I preach it. Now, I, I found it out. You hold on. You, you're not allowed to leave this conference. You're not allowed to visit another church in Ontario until I preach this. 
And so I went through this, Genesis chapter 5, and in the past, I was just being a mathematical student. I was just adding up, you know what, he's going to live and then he's going to die. And there are ten names in Genesis chapter 5, and I'm looking at them here. Look at them with me. Uh, we've got Adam, we've got Seth, we've got Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalel, uh, we've got Jared, we've got Enoch, we've got Methuselah, Lamech, and Noah. There are ten names there. Within this chapter, eight of them will die. Let's have a little quiz in, in, in church this morning. There are ten names in chapter 5, and eight of them will die. Who are the only two names that will not die in chapter 5? Yes, sir. No, okay. You've got one right. Noah will not die in chapter 5 because Noah is getting ready to build an ark. But there is an individual in chapter 5 that he walked with God. And as a result of walking with God, God translated him so that he would not see death. And who was that individual in chapter 5? Enoch. Enoch walked with God. I love the little Sabbath school, uh, the little lady in Sabbath school. She said, Mommy, I found out today what happened to Enoch. Enoch and Jesus went on a long walk, and it got late in the afternoon, and Jesus said, Enoch, you're so far away from home, let's just follow me to heaven, and he went. But Enoch was translated, and Enoch prefigures those of us who will be alive at the second coming of Christ who will not die, but will be translated with him. But the death toll will ring eight times in Genesis chapter 5. They will live extraordinary long years. I'm looking here, 930, 912, 905, 910, 895, 962, 969, and 777, and then they will die. The reality is, if Jesus does not come, in our lifetime, we will die also. We try to postpone it. We try to go to the surgeons and, and get facelifts and tummy tucks. And we try to go to the gym and work out. And the truth is, if Jesus does not come soon and very soon, some of us in this building will die. That's the truth. But don't we have an amazing message? That for the Christian, death is not a period. Now listen to me carefully now. In punctuation, you can have a comma and a period. A period, period means what, church? That's the end of the sentence, kaputs, it's finished. But what does a comma mean, church? A comma means, though, the comma shows, but I may die, comma, but there will be a resurrection. Amen, church? So the good news is, though we die, and for the Christian, death is not the death. It is what? A sleep. But the death toll will ring eight times in Genesis chapter 5. And yet, what we are about to discover in Genesis chapter 5, this boring list of genealogies, do you know that there is no Jewish rabbi that will allow uh, 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 his members to read Genesis 5 and to dig into it, because if you were to dig into Genesis 5, you'd come up with something really amazing. Do you know that when the Hebrews named their children, the, the, the names had meanings? Did you know that, church? 
You know, we name our children, and we don't put a lot of thought behind it. A lot of us, oh boy, I love that soap opera person. Why do you name your child after a soap opera actor? All they're doing is committing adultery every single day on TV. Oh, I just love her on General Hospital and day. Come on now. But when, when, when people in the Bible name their children, the name meant something. And so as we go through this list, there are ten individuals and each of their names means something. Now if you were to put those names together, I'm telling you there's some good news. You want to find out what it is? Let's go through Genesis chapter 5. I'm looking in Genesis chapter 5 and I'm looking at this concept of Adam. Adam means, what does Adam mean church? Adam means man. He means man, right? And we know that, that Cain killed Abel and God allowed Eve to conceive again and she had another son and his son's name right there in Genesis 5 is what? Seth. And Seth means appointed. So man is appointed. Man is appointed. Adam, man, Seth, appointed. Man is appointed. We get to the next name of the list. What's the next name of the list, church? Adam, Seth, who's the next name of the list? I'm looking at verse 9. Enosh. Enosh. Not Enoch. Enosh. Enosh lived. And you know that Enosh's name means mortal or human body frail, incurable, miserable. This is the time when, when and Cain's line begin to split with Seth's line and Seth begin to worship God and Cain's line begin to do all sorts of things that was contrary to God. And in Cain's line, you will find polygamy, more than one wife. You will find murder. And you will find all sorts of sins as the, as the sons of God and the sons of man begin to separate. Do you know that some would say in the Bible you can prove that you can have multiple wives? That's not true. In Adam's line, in, in, in Seth's line, they did not do that. And we find that in Cain's line, they said, boy, polygamy. Polygamy is something that God did not plan in Scripture. I've met a few individuals in my ministry. I can remember one of my elders was married and he decided that he wanted to have a girlfriend. Are you listening to me, um, Elder Ray? He wanted to have a girlfriend at the same time he was married. And I said, that's, that's just not going to work. That's not going to work. He said, well, King David and Solomon had multiple. And I said, look at the trouble they got into. Right? I got one wife and I'm in trouble, gentlemen. Come on, talk to me. And I said, no, no, that is not God's plan. God's plan, when Jesus showed up, uh, for this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. He didn't say multiples, he said one. And so we have this separation of the lines. And so man, uh, Adam, Seth appointed, uh, 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 Enosh, uh, 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 he's mortal. He's appointed to death. Man, in the first three names, if we could sum it up, man is destined, is appointed to die. Isn't that true? That's in the first three names. Man is destined to die. But the word goes on. Um, it says that Kenon, Kenon is sorrow. Man is appointed to die a miserable death. Sorrow. You know, I, I, I cannot understand what it is to be an atheist. 
I, just think about it for a second with me, church. You know, you're never going to win an argument with an atheist. You never will. Because it's just two different lines of living. We live our life believing that there is a tomorrow. And if you are miserable in serving Jesus, then you should become an atheist. Listen to me carefully. If you're miserable, you should become an atheist because you have no hope. But in serving Jesus, there is a joy that in the midst of the world's problems, when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he gives us hope. He puts extra gas in our tank so that we can face our problems and survive. But for the atheists, they make no bones about it. I will live in 70 years and I'm going to die. And that's what happens to mankind. But life is so unfair. Have you really lived your life to the fullest when it's all over? How many people can say after 70 years they... They, oh, I just loved my life. Most will say, you know, I've lost a loved one. I've got health problems. I haven't been able to vacation or build that car. Most of us have things in our bucket list that we've never accomplished. But the good news for the Christian is we can have joy in the present, but we can have the good news that there is something beyond the grave. Come on, church, say amen to that one. There is something beyond the grave. But for the atheists, it's all over. No wonder people live lives of selfishness because they believe that in 70 years I'm going to die, then let me do whatever I can because that's it. It makes a difference to live your life with a hope that something better is coming. Adam. Man, Seth, appointed, Enosh, frail human body, Kenan, sorrow. Man is full of sorrow and he will die. But Mahalalel is a compound word uh, which is blessed and God. The blessed God. What is the blessed God going to do? Well, Jared's name means to descend, to come down. Man is appointed to die, but the blessed Lord shall come down down. Enoch means to inaugurate, to dedicate, to teach. The blessed Lord will come down. In John chapter 1, John says that, that, that the word became flesh and did what, church? It dwelt with us. Isn't it so amazing that the creator of the universe moved to planet Earth? He became one of us. He moved into Bethlehem's manger. To dedicate, he taught, he taught the way of salvation. Methuselah is a prophecy. And what is so amazing about Methuselah's name, his name is a prophecy, when he dies, it shall come. Referring to what? Do you know the year that Methuselah died, the flood came? His death, it shall come when he dies. And isn't it so amazing? That before the flood, God of, God of the universe would say, you know what? I am going to extend mercy to planet earth and I'm going to allow that mercy to be extended during the longest living individual who will ever live. Judgment is coming, but mercy is also there in that Methuselah would be the oldest and longest living member of the human family and during his life, God would extend mercy mercy. Do you know that Methuselah and his children were there with Noah 
I've always thought about it, Ellen White writes, that Methuselah and his family were there helping Noah build that ark. Building that ark. She writes there in Patriarchs and Prophets that it took more than Noah and his three sons to build that ark. They were there. They were working together like a church on a cleanup day. Working together to get that art finished. And Methuselah's name is a prophecy. When he dies, it shall come. Ellen White writes, in the year that Methuselah died, the flood came. So we've got this lineage of lines that, 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 that man is appointed to die a sorrowful death. Uh, uh, the blessed Lord will come down to teach uh, his death, his death. Methuselah, Lamach means from the word lamentation uh, to make low, to despair, those that are despairing. His death uh, 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 shall bring, shall bring grace, no, to those who are depressed, to those who are lamenting, those that are sorrowful. And the last name in this line is Noah. And Noah's name means comfort and rest. For those that are despairing, no wonder, uh, we, I, I, I've never figured it out. When, when Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, when Jesus says this, Come unto me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That is a completed prophecy. For those that are discouraged, those that are disappointed, those that are frail, those who believe the curse has their family and their lives and, and there, that there is nothing more than the grave to look forward to. Right there in Genesis 5, we have the curse reversed. You see, we've been cursed to die. But right there in Genesis 5, God is giving us hope through the family names of the patriarchs that the curse can be reversed. And you know, as I go into the New Testament, Adam messed up. He messed up. And he had to live with it. But when we get to the New Testament, when we get to Romans, and, and when we get to, to 1 Corinthians, the Bible declares in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 22, listen to this carefully, for as in Adam all die, so in Christ, all will be made alive. Adam has given us a birthright. He's passed it on to us. Because we are descendants of Adam, every one of us will die. But the Bible tells us that, that in Christ, in Adam we die, but in Christ we will what? Live. And so the curse of Genesis is reversed in the person of Jesus Christ. And so if you're living your life today outside of a relationship with Jesus, let me be quite honest with you. There are a lot of people that come to church. They're good church members. They're great Adventists. But they don't know Jesus. Being a Seventh-day Adventist will not save you. Can I say that one more time? Being a Seventh-day Adventist will not say, you're punching the clock. Now, I love being a part of the Adventist church family, but it's not going to save me because my name is on the books. 
if I don't know Jesus, then I'm a son of Adam. And if I'm a son of Adam, I've received the curse and I shall die. But if I'm a son of Jesus, in Adam we all die, in Christ Jesus we all live. I'd like to close by inviting you to turn over in 1 Corinthians with me. I want to prove this from the word of God this morning. 1 Corinthians. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm looking at verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 15, verse 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then church, we are in trouble. If Jesus did not come out of that grave, then we are in trouble and whatever we're doing here, we're wasting our time. I want to tell you that Jesus rose out of that grave. When he rose out of that grave, he said, what I am, the what? The resurrection and the life. I'm no longer part of Adam's family. I'm part of Jesus' family. But moving on in the text, notice this, verse 20. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a what? Human being? The resurrection of the dead also comes through a human being. For as in Adam, the Bible says, all die. So in Christ, all will be made, what? Alive. In Christ. That's why I can move over to the next set of verses. I'm looking in verse 45. So it is written in chapter 15. Verse 45. So it is written... The first Adam became what? A living soul. Remember he breathed. God breathed into him. Formed that dust together. Breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And he became what? A living soul. Look at the Bible. It says he became a living soul. The last Adam. The life giving spirit. One Adam needed the breath of life. The other Adam. The second Adam. Gives the breath of life. Notice the text. The first man was from the dust of the earth. The second man is heavenly. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And verse 49, And just as we have been born in the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. We've shared this text at many a funeral in verse 51. It brings comfort to me even as I speak it today. The word of God declares in verse 51 of chapter 15, listen, I want to tell you a mystery. Have you ever heard this text before, church? I want to tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we shall be changed. Is there something that you need changed this morning? I know I do. I need a change, and that change is coming. We shall be changed in the what? In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. 
for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality uh, when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality then the saying that is written will come true death is swallowed up in victory O oh, death where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? You know, Ellen White writes in Great Controversy, page 644, that verse 55, where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Ellen White writes in Great Controversy that this will be the cry of the righteous sleeping saints when they rise up out of the grave. Uh, from the prison house of death, they will come forward crying, O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, grave, where is your victory? I want to be in that choir that day. What about you? O oh, death, you could not beat us. You know, I was reading in the chapter that there's coming a day when Jesus will come again. Those who have died in Christ will be raised. And those who are righteous and remain, come on, talk to me, church. What happens to the righteous, those who remain? Will we be left on planet Earth? No, no, we'll, we'll join. We'll join those who are dead in Christ, raising to meet Jesus. And, and, and isn't it going to be amazing on that day when we line up behind Adam? Hmm? Granddaddy Adam. When the human family lines up behind Adam. When Adam meets Jesus, Adam won't be able to meet Jesus face to face. But all he can do would be to fall at Jesus' feet. And to just say thank you. Worthy, worthy is the Lamb. My family was lost. But because you've come and taken my place, you've walked in my footsteps, and where I failed, Jesus, you overcame. And because of what you've done, my family and I can spend eternity in the earth made new. Where I messed up, you succeeded. On that day, I don't know about you, but I want to be lined up behind Adam. I want to be lined up behind Adam and Eve and I want to make my way into the new Jerusalem. I want to get before God and I want to see Adam, the redeemed, the righteous through the ages. The curse will be reversed on that day. You see, in Adam we all die, church. But in Jesus, we all live. If you can't say amen about that, then you'll never be able to say amen. On that day, we're going to be there with Adam. I can't wait. But while we wait and while we tarry, some of us may fall asleep. Some of us may fall asleep. And I want to encourage you, never let a funeral take place in this church where people are so discouraged that they don't know what's coming next. 
If there's ever a funeral that should be an eventful funeral, a hopeful funeral, it's a Seventh-day Adventist funeral. Because we teach and preach that death is but a sleep. Weeping may endure for a night, but come on, church, finish that statement with me. Joy comes in the morning. And so we have this hope. And we live this our lives with this hope that in Adam everybody dies, but in Jesus everybody lives. Give God the glory. One day real soon he's coming again. God bless you.